Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Hello and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally, and it is all because of my incredible guests. I feel very, very fortunate to spend time with people who are at the top of their game, and they join us and are passionate about helping you achieve your goals in both your personal and your professional life. My guests hold nothing back. They're here to share the secrets of peak performance with us, and I know you'll find their insights both inspiring and actionable. So sit back, relax, take notes, and get ready to take your life and business to the next level. My guest today, John Hansen, joins us to talk about building a solid content foundation, basically going beyond search rankings. So join us as we explore the advantages of content-focused strategies for small businesses, discuss the significance of content creation for introverted professionals, and I am one, and take a deep dive into various content types, including blogging, social media, email, video, and podcasting. There's a lot to introduce him to about, so I'm going to let him do that. So, John, welcome. It's good to have you here. Tell our audience a bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, like I said, I am John Henson. I am the editorial director for Spotlight Branding. Uh, Spotlight Branding is a content marketing company. Uh, we primarily serve solo and small professional services firms, so your legal, financial, uh, you know, private medical even works into that. Uh, but really, uh, you know, what we do is all focused on helping small businesses generate more referrals. You know, unlike a lot of other marketing companies, I think, especially in the industries that we serve, they're really focused on cold lead generation, you know, trying to manipulate search rankings, doing a lot of pay-per-click advertising. And, you know, look, there, there's a place for that in a small business's marketing strategy, but I, I truly believe that, you know, and what we're talking about today, uh, a really strong foundation based around valuable informational content that positions you as the expert that really drives home who you are, how you help, and what kind of business that you do will create a really good opportunity for you to maximize the number of referrals you're getting so that when you do add cold lead generation strategies to your marketing, it helps those things work a lot better. I agree with you, and I've got a whole bunch of questions for you, not necessarily about the company that you're working with, although we will definitely mention them again towards the end so people can find you. But I would really like to know, just to start out, how did you – I know you say that you believe SEO marketing is overrated, and like I said, I've got a whole bunch of questions for you, but how did you get started doing what you're doing? I mean, it takes – listen, I'm in your arena to some degree. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of study. It's a lot of, oh, my God, nights. Like, what in the heck is going on? So how did you get started? Yeah, I really wish I had some really amazing 
uh, kind of entrepreneurial aha moment awakening and, and that, you know, or that it was like my life's dream to do this. And it really wasn't, you know, I, I honestly fell into this. I grew up, I got my master's degree in English. I was going to be a writing instructor. You know, writing is a lot, is a big thing that I do in my personal time. Uh, you know, I published a lot of, you know, history, nonfiction books and stuff like that. I thought that was going to be my life, but I didn't end up getting the job that I wanted out of college and ignorantly, I didn't really have a plan B. So I finally tried to branch out a little bit. I got a job as a copywriter for a really big corporation. 10 days into that job, they canceled my contract with no real explanation. So then I had to scramble. I, I was panicking. I had to find a job. And so I found this company. They needed a social media manager. I thought, yeah, I do a lot of social media. I understand it. I can help these people out for a few months until I can find my true career job. And eight years later, I'm still with this company. I've basically had just a crash course in marketing trial by fire over the last several years, learning about, you know, obviously all of these different marketing strategies, what really works well, what, what really doesn't, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm also, I, I feel just naturally really good at is just being able to observe and, and really see the patterns in a lot of things. And, and one of the biggest patterns that I saw was that a lot of marketing companies in our industry were pushing SEO, paid ads and all of that. And from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense because it's a ton of, or, you know, it's a ton of money that you can make and relatively little work. You change a couple of settings here and there and you have a big management fee and you're managing someone's budget for the ads and that's it. And so many of these ad companies are dime a dozen. If someone doesn't like the results you got for them, oh, well, it's no real skin off your back. They just go somewhere else and they, you know, it, it, it goes through that cycle again. But there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of people doing content and referral-based stuff. It was all the cold lead generation. And, and so over the last eight years, I've really grown in the company. I've done just about everything you could possibly do in a small business. I've done the I've done the bookkeeping, I've done the admin work, I've done sales, you know, and, and now I'm doing what I currently do now, which is the education side of things. And so in a weird way, it's kind of come full circle where I thought I was going to have this career teaching and now I kind of took a really windy road to get there, but I'm actually now doing a lot of that where I get to, you know, come on shows like yours and, you know, I do a lot of writing uh, videos and other podcasting that I host to educate and help business owners in any way that I can just help them understand their marketing better and help them grow their business in a really efficient way. And see, that's a fascinating story. I don't know why you said you didn't have a, a moment. You've had many <laughs> moments. But, but here's something that, and while I was listening to you, I was thinking, you know, this is kind of like the kid who, you know, is wealthy family, wealthy company. He gets put in there as the janitor, and he has to learn everything. <laughs> that mm. kind of, and mm. I know you weren't part of the family, but you are now. But it, it just reminded me that so you got to go from the ground up and learn everything, which to me makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and the nice thing about it, you know, especially when I started with spotlight branding, I mean, we only had a, like a couple of dozen clients and now we're, you know, a couple hundred, we, you know, we've gone well past a million dollars in revenue, which I know is a big milestone for a lot of small businesses. And it's just, it's been like you said, you know, and like I said, just a big crash course in learning and really not even just marketing, but learning how a business has to operate. And so many people don't do that. And I like what you said about these companies being a dime a dozen where they're basically just kind of handling your Facebook ads. Those things change every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be Mm -hmm. honest, I won't do it. I do a lot of work for my clients. I will always refer them to an expert because I am no expert on that. I don't have the time or the energy to watch it, to stay on top of it. I think a lot of that work needs, most of that work needs to be done by true experts. But to me, an expert is somebody like you who is observing, who is notating, who is seeing where the changes are happening. And this is a COVID word that I detest, but pivoting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would rather use the word adapting instead of yes. pivoting. Yes. But, you know, you you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on and you can switch as quickly as you need to. So many companies, and I've seen them, I've worked with a few of them and said, what the heck are you all doing? They just get comfortable. And that's yeah. never yeah. a good place to be in business ever. Yeah, and and look, and, and not to disparage anybody out there who works in paid ads, pay per click advertising, anything like that. Like I said, like there's absolutely a place for that in a marketing strategy. But like you said, I mean the the algorithms and the way that those ads operate change so much that even from a business owner perspective, you know, you can invest tens of thousands of dollars into that strategy, and an algorithm change can wipe out all of that work overnight. And I've seen that happen, especially with with search rankings. And that's why I think a lot of those businesses exist because I I don't think anyone truly ever masters that. You know, some companies can be really good at it for a period of time because their process works with however that algorithm is currently set up. Something changes, and now some of these other companies rise up and they start to get good results. And so that's why they're so, you know, it, it's easier for people to just switch marketing companies to, to try to just get the chase the results that they want. And there's, it's, it's honestly a lot of it's been driven by the marketing industry itself. Like, you know, I'm in an industry, I'm, we're fighting against a thing that we've done to ourselves. And what I mean by that is the marketing industry as a whole has hyper-focused on, no, you need to make sure that everything is optimized. You need to have all your keywords and you need to make sure that you're ranking on page one. That is the most important thing. And that's been the dominant message over the last decade or really two decades now at this point. And a lot of the stuff that people can focus on around referrals and, and authority building and all of that has kind of been pushed aside when there's still just such a gigantic opportunity there for you to stand out, for you to still get great results without having to pump thousands and thousands of dollars into unreliable search rankings or Google ads that could disappear overnight with a single algorithm change. Absolutely. And you just used a term that I wanted to have you kind of expand on, and that term was authority building. I think it's yeah. so important, yeah. and a lot of people don't 
they're either not aware of it when they're hiring a firm or when they're doing their own work. So let's talk about that because I think it's pretty critical. Right, right. We just live in a world right now where people want to work with the expert. They want to make sure that they are working with the expert. You know, this, this idea of a jack of all trades or even like a general store equivalent of a service provider isn't going to cut it for the vast majority of people anymore. You know, and, and I use this analogy a lot. Like, you know, if you need to get the brakes replaced on your car, are you just going to take it to a general oil change place that does all kinds of different repairs? Or are you going to go find a company that says, Hey, we do brakes. That's our specialty. Right. Or another one that I like to use is like, if you need to get open heart surgery, are you just going to let a general practitioner you know, a general surgeon do that operation? Probably not. You're going to go seek out a heart specialist, a heart surgery specialist to do that because you want to make sure you are in the best care possible. And so that is what a lot of business owners need to really think about with the clients that they serve, you know, especially with legal, uh, financial, you know, private medical, like these people, whatever they're going through, they think it is the most important, the most unique. No one's ever done this and faced this before. They want to find someone who still understands them and can demonstrate that they know what they're going through and, and can be the guide to help them overcome this obstacle. And so that's why that authority building, that credibility building, that expert status is really, really important because that is what people are looking for in their service providers. And here's the thing, and I think a lot of people don't recognize this. At least I've come across people who say, yeah, I'm trying everything. Nothing's working. And I'll go look at their social media for the past oh, six months or even a year, and they've switched hacks so many times that it looks like a really bad railroad track. You know, one of those where it's all curved and there's trains running in the opposite direction. It's like, what are you doing? Do you even know anymore? And it's, they're like, well, you know, I've just been trying a bunch of different things. So my question then is, where do you stand out? What are you an expert in? What can you really, when people find you, they need to know what's in it for them. What are you really offering? And they're, oh, well, okay. And that's when they start going, oh, yeah, I've got a bit of a mess here. And, and that's that's a big opportunity that a lot of small businesses just aren't capitalizing on. You know, instead they're they're treating their website or their digital presence the same way that they would have marketed a business 30, 40, 50 years ago, where they essentially just treat it like a billboard or a static ad, maybe on a park bench or a bus wrap or something like that, something where, like that where all they have is just their name of the business and their phone number and call us. That's it. And, and there's so much more that you can do with it. And so, you know, when, when someone is trying to search for a business, an easy way to just stand out is, is making sure that your messaging is creating that emotional connection. Your imagery is, is showing the, the end result, right? You know, for example, like a lot of law firms imagery on their website is the courthouse steps or the scales, or of, the justice. scales of justice. And, and it's just so, I, like it's it lame, it's overused, it and and so instead you want to try and to do something that's like. Some, I see those pictures, and my heart just stutters a bit. Like really, because who has great 
memories of those courthouse steps or being in, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just a juror, you don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be there. Right. So when you yeah, see people are like, Ooh. Yeah, exactly. People are looking for, you know, the, the end result on the other side of, of the storm, right? You know, family lawyer, you want to look, you know, you want to have imagery that's showing someone who's actually happy and who's like found the freedom more or less, you know, estate planning, you want to find someone who, you know, it's a family that's, you know, connected and, and, you know, together and, and all that kind of stuff. And so just different things that you can do. And, and so many business just don't, don't capitalize on that. And the, that's an easy way to stand out. Other, other, the other thing is just staying in touch. So many small businesses just don't stay in touch. And I see this a lot, especially with the legal industry. They just don't stay in touch with their clients. They don't keep them updated on what's going on uh, or other ways that they can help. And so an easy thing to do is with through that content, create consistent social media posts, send out a monthly email newsletter. Email is such a powerful tool. I don't care what some of these experts, quote unquote experts, say that email marketing isn't effective anymore or not. Like that's not true. Like our clients, especially like they get multiple referrals, multiple requests for repeat business every time they send out an email newsletter. I think a lot of times though, businesses who try email marketing aren't putting the right content in those emails so they're not getting a good ROI from it because their audience isn't receiving the value that they need to take action. Uh, I have to say about email marketing, when I see one that is too fussy or too mm-hmm. long, mm-hmm. I, I leave. I don't have the time or the energy to work my way through all of that. Give me the bullet points and send me somewhere. That's really all I'm looking for. Right. And, and, you know, like to your point, yeah, you don't have to like stuff your emails full of a bunch of articles or anything. Like a lot of our clients, their email newsletters have two elements. It's there's an intro section that says, hey, thanks for checking out our newsletter. This is what this month's edition contains. Maybe there's a couple of upcoming announcements. And the other section is the featured content. It is a featured blog article or a featured video that explains a concept or provides some advice or explains how to solve a problem or whatever that that firm deals with. And that's it. And Exactly. Yeah. And the other tip and a great tip that I want to share with your audience is use the title of that video or that blog article as your subject line, because that's what's going to make a really good connection with the people who read it as to what exactly it is that you do and how you help, right? For example, I see a lot of times, you know, the subject line will just be Smith Law Firm Newsletter, July uh, 2023. And it's like people aren't going to easily associate the name of your firm with what you do. They're just going to see, oh, I got a newsletter from a law firm and, and they're going to go on. But if they, if they see the subject line, you know, five ways to pr- financially prepare for a divorce. Okay. Now, all of a sudden you're creating those connections in someone's brain. They see that it's from Smith Law Firm and then they see, okay, they're helping people out with a divorce or, you know, they're, they're helping people prepare or giving advice on all of this. So even if they don't ever open it, right. Cause they're not about to get a divorce right now, or they are not married or they've already gone through a divorce, whatever it is, they may not need it right now, but 
just seeing that show up in their inbox and making that connection goes so much farther in keeping you top of mind so that when a need arises, you're the first person, the first business that they think of to send a referral or to reach back out to for repeat business or to start that relationship. Or to forward that to somebody who does need that kind of help. That happens quite a bit if it's done properly. But, you know, I get hammered. We all do with newsletters. And most of the time I unsubscribe. I'll look at it and go, "Mm, not sure how I got it. Sometimes I'll get added against my will, and those really kind of bother me. But I unsubscribe more often than I actually read them. But what you just described is exactly why I do read some because Mm -hmm. they're short, Mm -hmm. they're sweet, they're to the point. They are offering a solution to something that may or not be a problem, but it's still a solution. Now they've got my attention. Do I need it? Probably not, but I'll read it because like you, I want to know what's working. I also want to know what's not working. (laughs) And the ones that are not working get unsubscribed. Too sweet. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, people who get frustrated with marketing and they say, well, email doesn't work or social media doesn't work, it's probably because you've been doing it wrong. You know, there's definitely more right ways to do things. You know, uh, the social media thing, for example, I I see so many small businesses that they – Again, it goes back to that billboard example. They treat their social media timelines like a billboard where the only thing they post is, hey, if you need uh, a consultation, call us here. Click this link to schedule a consultation. And and it's like people aren't going on social media to be sold to. They're going on social media to find connections and and keep up with, you know, businesses or people or things like that. So if you're providing – valuable information, sharing your firm's blog posts, you're sharing videos, but also sharing other outside sources that relate to what your firm does. And you're just being a part of that social media community. That's what people are more attracted to. And they're not going to, uh, you know, block your page or unlike your page and, and ignore everything else you're doing. If you're just providing value, people are going to stick around and check that sort of stuff out. Exactly. And I do see some people that will literally, well, their social media is all about them. It's good content. It really is, but it's all about them. They're not sharing any other information. They're not trying to maybe bring other information from other. You can say, well, that's my competition. Not really. You know, right. sometimes you right. just need to share other people's information. But when you... And, and I'm going to paraphrase a very good friend of mine, Ben Gay III. He was the last mentee of the Dr. Napoleon Hill. But he has always said people are going to watch you, follow you, and trust you when they know, like, and trust, and they feel comfortable with you. Until you can make that happen, you're just spitting in the wind, really. Right. And, and the – Somewhat ironic part of this is, you know, the the professional services that we use, especially legal, somewhat in financial, those industries have a hard time building trust with people. And at the same time, they in turn don't really trust marketing companies. So we know what it's like. And, and that's what we have to do when we're marketing to potential clients of ours is we have to build that trust. You know, I can't you know, in the, in the social media posts I make or the podcasts I do or the videos I make, whatever it is, 
I can't be one of those marketers who's like, I can find you fifty thousand dollars in forty five minutes. Like I can't do that. I can't do that. There's so many. You mean that's not true? I'm shocked. I know, right? <laughs> so, but so many people in in the people in the industries that we serve have been burned by that that they just have a, a more of a negative view of marketing people. So I have to demonstrate the value and and provide solutions and help and advice in the content that I create to build that trust so that they can take down those walls that they may have put up, just like the people that, that they serve, the, the general consumers out there that our clients would be serving, they don't trust it because there's been so many lawyers who all their commercials are is just like, you know, we get you money, we fight the insurance companies. And then it turns out that the lawyer ends up in the, you know, contract taking way more of the, the settlement than the person actually ends up getting. And so it just creates the, that weird relationship. It destroys that trust and people have their guards up and, and, you know, it, it's this is the way to break those barriers down to help build that trust. It's not going to happen overnight, and and the best marketing strategies don't happen overnight. You need to build that momentum, build that you know you know build that momentum over time, and and ultimately get to a point where you're getting really really consistent results. And you're right. I'm I'm so glad that you pointed that out. It does not happen immediately and people will say oh well I'm going to get a social media manager and I'm going to get this and this and this and I'll be rolling in the dough in 30 days no you won't you need to make sure as you and I have been talking about that you are really your most valuable asset is you when you're marketing who are you how do you help how do you serve what can people expect when they come to you? And by you, I don't mean that necessarily just you, the person, but you, the company, or you, the person, however you're going to be marketing. But people do need to know you like you, trust you, and feel comfortable with you. And if that happens overnight, uh, either you're really, really good, or you're really, really trustworthy, or I don't even know what to say about that. It just doesn't happen. Just <laughs> or you a, got extremely lucky. And, yeah, I, yeah. That's not, yeah. I wanted to say something a little bit more rude, but yeah, you, you know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you talk about you're, you know, you're blowing smoke, big smoke. <laughs> right, you're lying right. your butt off. Right, yeah, and, and you talk about you know hiring someone and and being up and running in 30 days or whatever. And you're right. Like it typically doesn't happen. I can tell you that, you know, the more you do early on, the, the sooner you will see those results, you know, but at the same time, you know, we have clients who do one blog and one newsletter a month and they get, they generate good referrals from that, but you want to do they more. You want to add. They have a specific market that they have. Yeah already communicated with i'm guessing yeah yeah and and, you know they have they have people who understand but it's it's that consistency right like you can't the one thing that i i see a lot is you know businesses will get super into it they will uh you know they'll post every day on social media for four or five weeks they'll send out emails whatever it is that they're doing and either one of two things will happen Either one, they won't see results and they'll stop, or two, 
they will get results. They'll get really busy. They'll have an influx of business. And then because they don't have time, they will stop the marketing. And they so didn't then, prepare for then, growth. They want growth, but right, didn't prepare right. for it. Right, exactly. And so then you get into that terrible sort of peaks and valleys scenario where you start, you get a ton of business, you have more than you know what to do with, and then you get through all of that work and you have nothing. And then you panic. And you have to start you, over. You, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You should yeah. always be marketing. Maybe you ratchet it down a bit, but you can never just fall off of the edge of the world and say, oh, I'll be back when, when I'm not so busy because now you're literally at step one again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Keep that funnel going, which reminds me, and I had a question about that. Um, you and I talked when we had our pre-interview. We were talking a lot about con- content-rich environment. We mm-hmm. talked a bit about why traditional marketing funnels are not really working all that much anymore. Let's dive into that because that's important. I mean, we have, there's so much advice out there right now about marketing funnels. You have to have a webinar. You have to have a landing page. You do have to have a landing page. But you yes. do have to have several things. And I'm one of those people, because I am a podcaster, who firmly believes in podcasting as marketing 101. But I also believe that you have to pick your poison. You can only be where you can really be showing up properly. So let's talk about marketing funnels. Right. So, you know, as, as a refresher, you know, or if anyone out there is not really familiar, a funnel, envision it exactly how it sounds. You have your wide mouth up at the top. That is what brings people into your ecosystem, your pipeline, your CRM, however you want to characterize it. That's where your lead generation comes from. And the ideal scenario is that over time with, Uh, follow-ups, drip campaigns, nurturing, whatever it is, they move down that funnel, down to the narrow tip at the end to where they're red hot, they are ready to make a buying decision. And one of the things that we saw is a lot of small businesses, they don't have a problem necessarily generating leads and and getting people into the funnel. They don't have a problem uh, with people making a decision. Where the problems arise is in two places. One, it's in the middle of the funnel where a lot of that nurturing takes place. I don't think a lot of businesses really nurture enough. And that goes back to the point that I was making earlier about staying in touch and and using that content to stay in touch, connecting on social media, having an email newsletter, things like that, where you're staying in touch, you're explaining what you do, how you help, all that kind of stuff, and, and giving people value and and the information that they need to make a decision. The other area where a lot of businesses fail or that the funnel itself just never even accounts for is what happens to the people who then go through the full funnel and their decision was either, yes, I'm going to work with you. No, I'm not going to work with you or not right now. Because once you go through the funnel, what happens? You know, you work with the people who say yes, and then you send them on their way, and then you never talk to them again. You, the people say no, and you just like, all right, well, screw you then, and they're off and on their way. Or it's the not right nows, and it's just like, okay, well, we'll just be here when you make a decision. And there's so much opportunity there for you to either generate referrals, 
to generate repeat business or to eventually shorten that sales cycle to get the people who said not right now to come and work with you. So that is why we developed the, this concept called a content loop where, you know, if you almost imagine kind of sticking a straw into the bottom of that funnel and then looping it all the way back around to the top so that you're constantly staying in touch with everybody, regardless of where they are in the funnel, and you're using your content to do that, your social media posts, podcast episodes, blogs, website, whatever, print news, any kind of, any kind of touch point you can create to remind people of who you are, remind them of how you help, and allow them to stay in your network so that John, John, I'm sorry, you're breaking up real bad. Um, oh, did you sorry. Maybe, yeah, it's just I'm not sure what all everybody caught from that last couple of sentences. So keep talking. Let's see how it sounds. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I was saying, yeah. So what I was saying was, you know, we came up with this uh, system called the content loop, where it's essentially like imagine taking a straw, sticking it in the bottom of the funnel, wrapping it around, wrapping the other end around up to the top of the funnel. And that way, everyone who goes through it stays in it and they stay within your ecosystem. You continue to stay in touch with them so that you can generate referrals. You can potentially even shorten your sales cycle overall, and you can generate some repeat business from those people. And, and you essentially create this ecosystem that keeps people in your network. No one ever leaves, uh, you know, unless they make the decision to. Whereas I think a lot of small businesses, they, you know, people go through their funnel and then they just let them leave, like I was saying earlier. Yeah, it, they they just abandon them, which I've never understood. Yeah, I may need, not need what you're offering right now, and I may not even be all that interested in it. But things change. So as mm-hmm. long as I'm yeah. in that loop, and maybe you've come up with something that's like, oh, now they're talking. But you didn't dump me. <laughs> it's like a bad divorce. Like, what do you mean? What happened? Yeah, it's just right. you don't get bring people into your sphere of influence and then just ignore them is my point. Yeah, a- absolutely. And that that extra nurturing, just that staying in touch. Because, look, I, I mean, think about how things are in your own life. There's so many things competing for your attention. There's the new show on Netflix you need to watch. There's a new menu item at a fast food restaurant you have to try. There's a new clothing item out. There's a new beer to try, whatever it is. There's so many things trying for your attention that it's easy for you to be forgotten, whether you've already helped someone or they are doing some initial research and trying to figure out who they need to hire in the future. And it's easy to be forgotten regardless of how great that you think you are. So that's why it's so important to create those consistent touch points and, and make sure that you're doing everything you can to stay top and top of mind with your audience. Exactly. And you, you mentioned referrals a couple of times, I think. So why should a business focus on maximizing, not ignoring, but maximizing referrals first before moving on to other lead generation strategies? And I have my opinion. I want to hear yours. It's probably the same as mine. Yeah, well, for starters, referrals are easier to work with. They're already they're gold. They're, they're warm. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. They're already they're looking for you. 
Right. And, and the other thing, though, is that most small businesses aren't, get, aren't maximizing the number of referrals they could possibly be getting. There was a study, uh, I cite this one all the time, Texas Tech University did a study a few years back, and they found that about 80% of your clients and your network, and not even just clients, but your network in general, is willing to refer business to you, but only about 30% actually end up doing so. And that means you could easily double the number of referrals that you're doing and you're still not maximizing it. And the reason is, is because uh, for the most part, you're just not staying in touch. You're not staying top of mind. And I know a ton of, you know, professional services firms that say, yeah, hundred percent of our business comes from referrals. And for those people I'm super excited about because they have the potential to literally double their entire business. And <laughs> They're still not maximizing you know, what they could be getting. So, so for me, that's where there's such a huge opportunity, uh, you know, especially for, you know, when it comes to generating content and, and marketing your firm without having to resort to spending thousands and thousands of dollars, especially if you're in a highly competitive, you know, major market area, spending all of that money to try to generate leads through Google ads or, or search engine rankings. And let's talk, thank you for that. And you're right. I mean, I am referred a lot, have been for a number of years, and I'm always amazingly appreciative of that. And I do know a couple of people that I've referred on this podcast who are just stellar at that kind of work, and I refer them every chance I get because they stay in touch. I'll get notes from them, hey, Denise, how's it doing, blah, blah, blah. Did you notice we have this going on? They don't have to do that. It's a personal note. But all of a sudden, back top of mind, I'm like, ooh, I do have somebody I want, I want to look at you. Happens all the time. It's kind of a, you know, neighbor, I can't even stutter right now, neighbor meets good neighbor. Be good neighbors. You know, these people are not our competition. They are, they're doing wonderful work. Share them. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, I would imagine – as the people who get referred to you, they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to do some research on you. Um, sure. Two um, points I want to make. Points I wanna, you know, when someone searches, you know, someone, you know, I, if I tell Bob down the street, Bob, go check out Denise Griffiths. I think you should work with her. Guess what Bob's going to do? He's going to go to Google and search Denise Griffiths. And or Facebook. As long Most as people like right, Facebook. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and when it comes to search rankings, if as long as someone searches your name and you actually show up on page one, that's yeah, all the exactly. SEO you really need. Right? Yeah, I'm a real right? person. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. But then right. on the other side of that, you know, the the things that you do, especially with the podcasting, they're going to see that and they're going to think, oh wow, okay, Denise is a big deal. She has her own show. She's clearly doing a lot. She's clearly an expert into her. I feel so much better about working with this. I feel like my friend was right in referring me to her. And, and there's so many hurdles that are immediately knocked down that they're more primed to go ahead and start working with you without you really having to do much selling of yourself. That's exactly right. And since we're talking about podcasting as marketing 101 in a roundabout kind of way, I've been doing this for 15 years. At this point, I can truly consider myself a subject matter expert. I never go look for, for guests. I haven't had to for years. I, I'm referred. I mean, there's, I get 
referrals and people going to my website as a result of a referral asking can they come on the show daily, Monday through Sunday, daily. PR firms refer me, you know, editors refer me. I've got hundreds, hundreds of books in here. Hundreds, I kid you not, because I've, I've interviewed over 700 people over the years. Many of them are authors. They are happy to send me their book because I read them. I refer the books. You know, I will go on Goodreads and Amazon. I give these books and my authors, whom I guess a lot of love, that's marketing. It really is. It's, I'm not doing it to suck up. I love to read. I don't like TV. I really don't like movies. But you give me a book. Or the back of a cereal box, and I don't eat cereal. I'll read it. I'll read anything. <laughs> right. So I'm always so grateful to have these books. But my point is I haven't had to look for guests in many, many years. And when I started out 15 years ago, I almost stopped with my podcast because I didn't know how to reach people. It was a long time ago. It was 15 years ago. Nobody was there yeah really to teach me to do what I do now. I just had to kind of suck it up and do it. And I don't know if you know who Larry Wingett is. He's known as the dean, not the dean of um, the personal pit bull. You know, I can't remember now, but he's retired recently, but he's written six New York Times bestsellers on personal <laughs> development. And I mean, he's just, he's a very well-known guy. If you look for a picture, you'll know who he is. You've seen him all over the place. And I could not find any gas, and I was getting ready to shut it down. I didn't want to, but I didn't know what else to do. So I just asked. I went on on Facebook, told him who I was, told him that a couple of his speaking friends and other authors had been on my show, you know, and that I was, you know, a long, long time fan of his. It's not a word I use lightly. And asked him would he be interested in coming on my show. And then I got up, I left, I went and stuck my head in the refrigerator. And cooled my head down <laughs> because, you know, when you go to the refrigerator, you open that door, it's instant meditation. You don't know why you're there, how you got there. You're just quiet. <laughs> so, right. And I came back about 15 minutes later and opened it. We didn't have Messenger back then, but it, somehow I reached him on, I can't remember now, on Facebook. And he said, sure, I'd be happy to. And, I went, <gasps> and he saved my podcast. You just ask. You know, sometimes right. it's really what it takes. Just show up and ask. Yeah, and that's, you know, when it comes to, you know, any kind of marketing that you do, you, you just have to try it. You know, and I know that a lot of business owners, especially in the industries that we serve, they're highly analytical. And you, you know, they're the kind of people that if they sit down and think about anything for one minute, they can come up with 10 reasons why something won't work. And when it comes to marketing, just marketing in general is, is fraught with failure. I, you know, and I, and I use the term failure only to try to kind of explain the concept. I don't truly believe that as a marketer, I fail a lot. I look at it as I learned a lot of different things that didn't work in that particular situation. And, you know, with marketing, it's all about traction it's, it's all about trying things, doing things. Don't give up 
after a week or two or even a month or two, like you have to let the momentum build. You have to let the systems, especially if you're using AI, and I don't think we have enough time, you know, to, to go down that giant rabbit hole, but you have to have time to let these systems learn and help, you know, get where they need to go in order to start helping you out. And so it's a really, I, I love what you brought up about persistence and, and not really giving up just yet, keeping trying one or two other things and you will get it but you have to do keep trying. You can't abandon these sorts of things too quickly. No. And I mean, I was heartbroken thinking that I could not do what I really wanted to do. It's Larry Winkett is known as the, the uh, pit bull of personal development. He's truly one of my favorite people. He's very much like me. Neither one of us has filters. We have to be careful when we talk. It's like, okay, don't say that. <laughs> you know, but, but he's a terrific guy, but he really did save my podcast because he just said, sure. I'd be happy to. I'll never forget it. But had I relied, had I just given up, I wouldn't be here now. You wouldn't be talking with me. Right. It it just, it would have just gone away. And I don't think that's what we as businesses, small businesses want to have happen. We need to find out what's working now. And then if it quits working, then we need to find another, maybe a workaround or maybe a slightly different messaging, whatever works but do it with honesty and integrity. Don't knee-jerk and put out a bunch of stuff that seriously is not true because whatever credibility you built up, you just shot it. It's gone. Yeah, and the the one thing especially that I've been sort of uh, – that's really been crystallized for me lately, um, first is, is don't be afraid to ask for help. Right. There, there are so many people out there and, and we're so connected as a society now that there's probably someone who has a good solution for whatever problem it is you're encountering. And one of the things that I've really learned recently and, and how I've reframed it for myself recently is your skill set can get you to a certain place. You know, maybe your skill set allowed you to build a million dollar firm. But if you want a $5 million firm or a $10 million firm, you may not have the ability to do that by yourself. And that's okay, right? It doesn't mean you can't have that. It just means that you need to allow yourself to be vulnerable, to recognize that you need the help to do that, and to go out and ask for that help. Because there's a ton of people out there who can help you go from one to five million or five to 10 million or wherever you are. This is true. And I have noticed over my time in business and you know, through the podcast and through web development, the work I do, that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs are among the most generous people in the world. We want you to succeed. We really do. If you ask us questions, we are probably going to, we're going to answer as best as we can. And if we don't have an answer, we're going to find somebody who can help you. That's just how we operate. So ask us. And, you know, and, like, it doesn't mean that you have to pay someone thousands of dollars in consulting fees or anything like there's there's a ton, there's a ton of free information out there. I mean, that's that's part of my job is just giving out free information, doing things like this. It's just you got to take some time to seek that out and, and find, you know, something that fits for you. That's- Did I lose you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I accidentally muted you. We've got about 10 minutes, and I've got about three more solid questions that I, I want to get in 
before I let you go, the first one is web development. What element should all, and that's all capital letters, all mm-hmm. small business websites have? I mean, we see, we see all kinds. We see some that are just a big billboard, like you say. We see some that are business card types. Then we see some, and I see these a lot. It's like, I don't even know where to start. There is too much stuff here. You get a headache just looking at it. So tell me what right. you think. So, you know, we talked about imagery. Make sure that your imagery is applicable to what you do and, it, and is really um, showcasing the end result. And, and showcasing, you know, how, what kind of result that you are able to provide for your client and, and making sure that, you know, you are making sure that you, the client is the hero in this story, not you. I, I think so many business owners try to paint themselves as the hero in the story when really it's the client. You as the business owner are the guide. You're helping them get from point A to point B. So try to demonstrate how you're going to do that. The other big thing for me is have a lead magnet on your website. Make your website generate leads for you. Don't just rely on your website to book consultations. Have some sort of small lead magnet. Maybe it's a, a small white paper or downloadable sort of ebook sort of thing. Maybe it can be something like a checklist or a worksheet or a calculator, some sort of you know thing that not only demonstrates your expertise in, in the thing that you do really well, but allows people to exchange their email for access to that resource so that they can get more information so that they can get educated on what they, on what you do. It's a really easy way for, for your website to generate some easy leads and, and also helps you build that authority status at the same time. And listen, people love checklists. I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I make them for my clients all the time. They're great. Because it's like, oh, good, I can check this off, check this off. Woohoo! I feel very accomplished today. They work, and they're not difficult to do. Go to Canva. If you've got a Canva Pro, you can make those things all day long. But people do like them, and they will trade their email address for that checklist if it's appropriate to you know, what they're, they're looking for. Okay, and the other thing I wanted to ask you is blogging, blogging mm-hmm. strategies, mm-hmm. because that's tricky. It really is. I mean, you don't want to just throw up a whole bunch of stuff just because it's Wednesday and you're supposed to have a Wednesday, you know, blog. You have to have a strategy. Yes. The the most important thing is make sure it's evergreen content. I I see a lot of uh, websites, their blog is, is full of current events and news articles. The worst offenders are, it's clearly done by an SEO company just trying to manipulate search rankings where the article is about something that happened in another state. Right. I see this a lot with like personal injury websites, honestly, where it's like this guy got in a car accident in this state. This is some weird thing that happened with it. If you're ever in a car accident, call the attorneys at blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's not anything valuable whatsoever. It's just there to try to manipulate the search rankings. And the, the good part about evergreen content is, one, it's going to still hold its value for months couple of years or more after you've published it so people can go through your archive they can continue to educate themselves it further builds that expert status that you want but also you don't have to worry about having to go back and update it if like a law changes or like something specific in your industry changes and so when I say evergreen content you know it's 
general advice, surface level advice. And the, the nice thing about it is that as important as blogging is, your audience doesn't have the attention span to sit down and read a 12, 1500 word article. Like they're going to glaze over at, at some point. And even if you try to, um, you know, utilize white space or, you know, get creative with your headers, or whatever, headers like, or whatever, like they're only going to scroll only... so far in that. And so honestly, you can create a really good blog article in like five to 700 words. And if you like shuddered when I just said that, that like, think about the opportunities that come up. Like if you really want to dive deep into the weeds on some stuff, create just a six, seven, eight part series, however many parts you need to get through all the thoughts that you want to get out, you know, five to 700 words at a time. That's digestible enough for people that they'll sit, they'll, they'll read through the whole article and then they can take action somewhere else. And then turn that into a white paper and make it downloadable. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Take the whole series and yes, turn it into a lead magnet. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Video. And I want to get to TikTok if we've got time as well. Why mm-hmm. is video mm-hmm. so important to a small firm's marketing strategy? I can't talk that strategy. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's where everything's going. Um, you know, even if, you know, social media aside for a second, you know, people are consuming more and more video content. So a lot of, uh, a lot of small businesses, they'll just have like the one big brand video where it's super cinematic, a lot of slow motion walking. Maybe there's some client testimonials, voiceover, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Real value is if you can build out a library of FAQ videos, frequently asked questions, where you are just 45 to 90 seconds long answering common questions that you get, explaining concepts, whatever it is, and you can build out a full library with that on your website. From there, put it in your email newsletter, and then, yes, share on social media. Share those videos on social media. Drop them for things like Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts or TikTok or if TikTok get banned, whatever the next iteration of that will be because that's where everything is going. Short-form video content, 30 to 80 seconds. Sorry, John, you're breaking up again. You're breaking up really badly. Oh, no. Well, you know, it's Internet connection. It's nothing we can control, but it does happen. But I caught most of it, but if you would repeat it and let's see if it'll show up better this time. Right. So yeah, what I was saying, the, the FAQ style videos, super important, you know, 45 to 90 seconds, build out a library of those commonly asked questions, you answering those commonly asked questions on your website, you know, just pretend like someone walked up to you on the street and said, uh, Hey, what steps do I need to take to get divorced in whatever state you live in? And that's, and that's the answer that you give. And then you can repurpose those for social media, for Instagram reels, uh, YouTube shorts, or TikTok crop it so that it, you know, is mobile optimized because that's where it's going. Even if TikTok gets banned, there's going to, whatever new iteration is still going to be going in that direction of short form video, 45 to 90 seconds, because that's what people are consuming and they do want to learn. You don't have to do silly dances or lip sync or anything like that. You can just give information and that, and people will stop and, and consume that information, even if they didn't realize that's what they were looking for to begin with. That's exactly right. And you can do those if you don't want to be on camera. And I'm one of those people who will never be on camera. I have a serious ca- I'm Seriously, there are no pictures of me on the Internet. There never have been. There never will be. 
but I get by with it. I've been doing this so long, people don't care. They're like, oh, I know Dee. She's, <laughs> she's fine. But, you know, she's a good girl. But TikTok, I think, is one way of doing it. You know, But you can also do – there's different platforms now where you can just throw up a couple of – you know, really nice images or really nice um, mm-hmm. PowerPoints. Mm-hmm. Add your voice and make it into a video. Off you go. Yeah, and honestly, the the world, as we get deeper and deeper into AI tech and everything like that, it's getting a lot easier for introverted, camera-shy people to do more stuff like this. You know, you can have <laughs> AI-generated videos, um, you know, whether it's uh, deep fake is the term, it's kind of used more maliciously where it makes like yeah. it may make people like Tom Cruise do Tom something Cruise. silly that he hasn't done yet. But, uh, you know, or you can do like some other sort of AI generated graphic, uh, auto generated captions, you know, really the captions is what's going to keep people's attention as the words change on the screen, you know, super fast to keep up with your, your pacing. That that even that is just enough. You have some images in the background, and you just have those captions on, and people will, you know, that'll hold people's attention very well. Exactly. And in my case, you need to keep it short, sweet, and pertinent. Mm-hmm. You can't get real mm-hmm. fluffy, foofy because I'll leave. My my attention span for anything, video, movies, any is very very short. It's just not where I live. Okay, so TikTok. I don't mess with TikTok. I never have. I never will. But I know a lot of my clients love it. So how should a small business approach TikTok? Are there, how do they stay safe? What should they do? What shouldn't they do? Help. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, do what you're comfortable with. You know, that you don't, there's no requirement to do a dance or to lip sync anything. That you don't have to do that if that's not your personality. Um, you like for us at Spotlight Branding, you know, we have a TikTok presence. We provide a mix of value. Like I'll we'll post clips from our podcast, or we will uh, create some videos sharing some sort of advice or information around marketing strategy. But we will also we also just have some fun with you know we'll do some trending things. Um, There's all these different kind of video templates, uh, you know, basically video form of memes where, you know, there's like uh, some sort of prompt or a caption or a background, and then we'll apply it to ourselves, usually in some sort of like office environment kind of thing where it's not even specific to marketing. It's just life in the office. And so it's just some entertaining, you know, and hopefully humorous things like that, that grab people's attention. But then we are also providing that value as well. And so the key thing to building that expert status and the credibility that we talked about is just provide value, provide that information. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to provide so much information that people are going to end up doing the thing themselves they're going to get enough information to realize that they can't do it themselves and that they need you as the expert to handle it, to for, handle them. it for them. Right. And that makes sense. Listen, we are just about out of time. John, thank you so much for spending an hour with me. Where can <laughs> directly with you? Where can they find your company? Where can they find you? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. I really did enjoy this. Uh, you can go to spotlightbranding.com. 
www.ftcmedia.com to learn more about what we do. We also uh, have a media section of our website called spotlightinsider.com. You can go there uh, every day. There's a new article or a podcast episode providing value, just marketing advice, tech advice, uh, personal development, mental health stuff too as well. Like that's really important to me, uh, especially in the industries that we serve and, and just us being a resource in, in that regard. So spotlightbranding.com if you're interested in the marketing services that we provide, or you can go to spotlightinsider.com to just check out all of the content that we're putting out uh, to get some inspiration for, for marketing your business. And if anyone's out there who wants to connect with me, Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search John Henson. I'm bald and I have a beard, so uh, I'm probably pretty easy to pick out. And it's H-I-N, right? It's not H-E. Yes, not not like Jim Henson, the Muppet creator, but H-I-N uh, right. is, is mine. Great. Thank you again, John. I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. And to our audience, before we wrap up today's episode, if you've enjoyed – everything that we talked about and found our insights helpful, please leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Your feedback does help me improve and reach more people on their success journeys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a review and share your partner in success radio with your friends and colleagues. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one again, John. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.